listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, a.k.a. FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. As you know, we are Mr. and Mrs. Fosu. And um, we are going to share, we're just going to share um, our lives with you, and we hope you are blessed. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor, thank you so much for this opportunity, um, for believing that we are doing something right, and for inviting us to come and share our life with, or our lives with, with the church. We are very grateful. Please let us appreciate our Father. Yes. <laughs> Reverend Robert Adjikun. Okay, so we'd like to have a word of prayer, and then we'll start. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this morning. Thank you for the gift of life and for bringing us to this place to learn in your presence. We ask that you have your own way. This morning, let a heart be healed in the name of Jesus. Let there be clarification. Let there be edification. Spirit of God, we are still in your presence. We are in your church. Let your will be done. Have your own way in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, just to run us through what we'll be doing, I'll give an introduction and then we'll talk about um, how marriage started and the different phases that we've been through. By the grace of God, we have five years in marriage. Um, July was our fifth anniversary, so five years, how many months? Yeah, you can do the maths for us. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so God has been good to us. Just to introduce or touch on a few things regarding marriage, because our father did single or the single life. I want to start by saying that two are definitely better than one. Yeah. Because teamwork multiplies. Teamwork multiplies. Two are better than one. If we look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, reading from verse 9 to 11, it says that two are better than one because they have a better reward for their labor. What that means is that as an individual, you can do much. But the idea is that if you work in a team, you do much more. So stretching it, even going beyond marriage, is talking about the power of partnership and collaboration. Where to agree together. Where to agree. Later, Jesus will say that when two people agree on touching anything in heaven, it shall be done unto them. So that's the power of um, prayer of agreement or united prayer. So two are always better than one. A team is always better. You can do much if you are one, but it's good to work in a team. Because where you lack something, another person can complement. You can also use your strength to support the other person. So two are definitely better than one. Still reading that scripture, it says that, how can you warm yourself if you sleep alone? 
Yeah. It is a question. It says, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Okay. So that's the power of partnership. Partnership can keep you warm. Yes. It can bring a certain warmth into your life. You will not catch cold. You will not catch cold. It says that, I think the verse 10, it says when one falls, the other will pick him up or her up. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. So, just talking about partnership or the power of teamwork, two are definitely better than one. Um, I don't want to end up talking so much, so let me just run through this. The second thing I want to say is that marriage is of God. In other words, marriage is God's idea. It's not man who said that, let's try and do marriage. It is God. Which means that we must go into marriage knowing that God has a hand in it. We are not going to do it our way. We are not going to do it based on the philosophies we have embraced all our lives and what current culture is saying. It is God who created man, male and female, and it is God who said that it is not good for man to be alone. And in creating a helper for man, he made a woman, not another man. So I don't know what we can call some kind of partnership, but it's not marriage. If it's marriage, it's one man, one woman in the presence of God. Name it what you want to name it. Don't qualify it. If it's marriage, it's one man, one woman in the presence of God. So we believe that God has a hand in marriage. If you marry, you have to be settled in your heart that God's hand is in it and you are ready to do it God's way. Finally, before I hand over to my wife, um, marriage fulfills God's purpose. So one of the ways by which God fulfills his purpose is through marriage. In Genesis chapter 1, he said that, let us create man in our own image and after our likeness to rule, have dominion, and he created man, male and female. The male is not greater than the female. The female is not less than the male. Man is created in God's image, male and female, to bring out his purpose. So one of the ways by which we fulfill God's purpose, and to be specific, that's procreation. Because after God created everything, he started with the principle of seed sowing. So whatever you need to create, you just need to use a seed and you produce that same thing. In the same way, God is still creating, but now he's doing it through marriage because a man and a man cannot give birth. Neither can a woman and a woman give birth. So to continue God's purpose of procreation and filling the earth, you need a male and a female. Please clap for my wife. She's looking very beautiful this morning. So she's going to take over and touch on a few things, and then we can welcome some questions. Hi. 
Please, I'm shy, so have mercy on me. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk about um, our first year in marriage. As my husband said, we've been married for five years and counting. Yeah, so after we got married, the much anticipated honeymoon came on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I've gone there too quickly. Okay, yeah. Yes. I am shy, but, but I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, so we had, we had a lot of fun. Just think about it. We had it. Yeah. Please, if you are not married, don't think. <laughs> Napo, please. Don't think. Yes, and then... Um, we, we agreed to make the marriage work, okay? So anything we thought would make it work, we did. We went on dates, yes. And some of the dates were in the house, at home. You don't always have to go out, okay? So my husband has this um, thing that we do. We, we will put off the lights in the evening. <laughs> In the hall, in the hall. He's in the hall. <laughs> then, please, can I continue? Okay, let me say another thing. I should say that one. Okay. Then, please calm down and let me say it. All right, so you know that it is not anything wild. Yeah. Yeah. So the lights will go off. <laughs> we put on the TV. Yes. My husband calls it the cinema effect. Yes. Uh-huh. Then it will be a volume, you know. Then we'll be watching and be touching. And yeah, all right. So, you know, you have, you have to create the fun yourself, okay. Don't, don't assume it will happen. You have to be intentional about creating the fun. We go out for walks in the evening after work. We just pick a stroll. It was just the two of us, so it was easy to do it. Yeah. And we also had this um, after, Sunday, ch- after Sunday church, no cooking. We just go out and, I mean, enjoy and go home. Yeah, so we did a lot of things. I mean, to make it fun. Yeah, to spice it up. Thank you. Yes. And please, if you are not married, Katawasu. Yes. So at home, we had some indoor moments. You could walk about naked. Yes. I mean, trying to tease each other. Yes. Back, back into the garden, Adam and Eve. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, so about working about naked. <laughs> I know you're excited about it. We didn't know who, who would initiate that particular plan. So one day me, I was there. Before I turned, somebody was naked. I was like, Jesus! <laughs> what is happening here? Yeah, so, hey, this guy is shy. Oh! <laughs> It is well. Yeah, so it is, it is, I'm whetting your appetite to marry. Please, you understand? You, you in particular, you. Yeah. yeah. So, you have, to, you have to make it work. Create the fun. Whatever would work for the two of you. Maybe working about naked may not work, work for you. Find yours. Praise God. And the icing on the cake. In our first year, we had a lot of sex. Yeah, I don't want Benaya to hear. Yes. So it is part. The first, your first year. I should repeat. Oh, okay. It will be in the podcast. Okay, let me say it again. So I said that your first year, I'm advising you now, your first year of marriage, enjoy sex as much as possible because when Benaya comes it will cease thank you so as much as possible have intimate moments emotional intimacy physical intimacy just get intimate as much as possible all right so yeah we had fun but we had challenges too all right so the first challenge we had of course was our personalities He's a man, I'm a woman. He wants things done in a particular way. I also want my things done in a particular way. And we would misunderstand each other. Why do you want this? Why do you want it this way? By the end of the day, we found a common ground and we worked it out. Praise God. Another thing too is our temperament. You know, my husband is more introverted than myself. I am introverted too, but... Well, you don't believe me. <laughs> yeah. My husband is more introverted than myself. So we do more of in-in, as in in the house, more than going out. Yes. And I don't mind going out at all. Like, go and have fun. But my husband wants us to have the fun in the house. I'm sure that's why Benaya came in the first year. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, so the temperament differences. He is, he is more of a phlegmatic, and people say I'm choleric. Uh, is it true? It's more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so before we married, my husband, I mean, he had this aura around him, serene. You would just love to sit by him. You know, we used to work together. We were both house masters, house staff, okay, yeah. So when the children are, the students are prepping, we'll be in the staff room, marking, he's marking, and doing, I'm also marking, of course. But we are sitting at the same place, yeah. He's here, I'm here. He's not talking, but the atmosphere around him was very serene, okay. And I always love to sit around him. 
I loved it. But when we got married, like, why are you quiet? I beg, talk. Why? why, why? Please, do you, you get the scenario? Yeah, so one thing I'll say is that there are things you admire about your spouse. I mean, your spouse-to-be, your fiancé, your beloved. When you get married, those things will start trying you. I don't know if the married people here can bear me up. Jaya, thank you. Yeah, so... Okay, my husband said it in a way. Opposite attracts before marriage. But when you marry, you start repelling. I mean, you fight. Not fight, fight, but... I mean, misunderstandings and... All of that, yeah. Another thing was communication challenge, okay? As I said, he's introverted. He likes to be into himself. And I would love to hear something. Why is the whole place quiet? Why won't you say something? Uh-huh. I had to push him small, small. And I also had to learn to, I mean, be quiet too. Yeah, so I've become quiet. Yeah. I try. I try my best, yes. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, you have to learn to uh, live with your spouse. Learn him like a, or her like a textbook so that you can reduce the fights and the misunderstandings. Yeah, so my husband would say something. Right. Okay. So since I'm the quiet one, I'll say something short. And my wife will continue. Um, so we met in 2016, and we got married in 2018. So we don't embrace the philosophy that you have to know someone for a long time before you marry. The reason being that even after marriage, you continue to discover, and you continue to learn, because people change. We either change for the better, or we change for the worse. People change any, anyhow. And I think that it's good to just know that, that uh, if you had, you know, want to date for nine years, for six years before you marry, um, it's not advisable. When you come for counseling, we'll explain why it's not advisable. Yeah, so if you think you have found what you are looking for, why don't you just marry? Why wait? Okay? If you're not ready, why do you go into a relationship? Why don't you? Take the time to make friends, explore your single life, enjoy, just know people, and build a lot of networks. So why do you focus on one person? The moment you focus on one person, whether you like it or not, you shut the door to all other people. And when you are in love, you think that that's the right person until there's a breakup or something. And you realize that that wasn't the right person. And you now start looking for the right person. So once you you think you found what you are looking for, you can just marry quickly. Right. right. So, my wife says I should talk. <laughs> um, after the first year, Benaya, we welcomed our first child. Right after we got married, as seen, a year after. And um, 
I also want to say this, that if it is possible that you marry early, you just take some time to amalgamate. Yeah. You take, you take some time to gel. Okay, before the children start coming. Because, sorry, because once a child comes in, everything changes. Your sleeping time, how you even eat, everything changes. So if it is possible, and you marry young, you marry early, like if you marry at the age of 24, or 26, all things being equal, okay, then you can have some time to just get to know each other, spend some alone time before the children start coming. That's very important. And we are talking from experience because in 2019, Benel was here, so everything changed. Um, I wanted to say something. Yes, my wife said, have a lot of sex. I like to um, say it's like the word is sex. God created sex, uh -huh. not intimacy. People like to say, be intimate. You know, how? It's like you are trying to water it down. Have sex. Uh -huh, have sex. Because for me, intimacy is, is broad. Okay? And sex is not intimacy. Two people can have sex and they are not intimate. Intimacy is a journey. You take a long time to get to, to bond. We are still learning each other. Like she said, learn your spouse like a textbook. Uh -huh. So have some time for yourselves. Um, I'm sure my wife will touch on childbearing from the woman's perspective and all that. When a child comes, your attention will shift. So have the time for yourselves. Um, for me, it was a pot of many ingredients. Expecting my first child and our first child because I've not been a father before, like a biological father. So it was outstanding, it was confusing and exciting. Um, we prayed. <laughs> we prayed throughout the nine months. Before we even got married, we would be praying. When we married, before our children started coming, we were praying into their future, we were praying into their lives. And when my wife took seed, we prayed throughout the nine months. Don't wait till the labor world before you start praying. So we prayed a lot and we prepared. We got apps, we read books, we sought for advice from our parents, aunties. We tried to get as much information as we could. Uh, I remember singing for Benaya. When I come home from work, I would sing and he would move. And I would see the bump and his trying to push against the wall and come out and see who is this man singing. You know, it was exciting. But at the same time, there was a lot going on psychologically. Now, how do I really get ready for this? You never really prepare for a child. You never really prepare <laughs> for a child. You can buy all the clothes, know the gender and all that, but you, you never really prepare for a child. You know, and um, so that was it for me. It was a mixture of many feelings all put together, and we tried to do our best. Um, during that time, I was still learning, but I had to be there for my wife. So we were pregnant. Yes. 
we were spitting together. I think I did it even more than her. There was a time we, we picked a straw, we are just walking, and I was spitting, and she asked me, why are you spitting like that? You know, um, by God's grace, we have two boys, and I just want to say that every pregnancy is different, and so is every child different. Yeah. All right. Um, from my perspective, when it comes to childbearing, it is overwhelming, stressful. Just think about it. It is so stressful. If you don't prepare mentally, you will just break. Okay, because a lot of things are going to change. As a woman, your body will change. I was slimmer than I am now. Now I have become bigger. I can't wear my clothes. I have to change my wardrobe. My foot became bigger. Like, a lot of things would happen to you as a woman. Okay, so you have to prepare mentally. You have to be strong in your mind. Yeah, and the changes, well, they are different when it comes to, I mean, every mother. Yeah, so you have to um, prepare to embrace them. Yeah. Exactly. I used to wear very high heels. Six inches. I don't, I don't wear block heels. I believe that as a lady, no block heel. High heels. Six and above, or maybe four. Maybe a tell. But now I can't even wear two. You know, I have grown bigger. I can't balance on the six. I have to manage three or two. Uh-huh. So it also comes with a childbirth. When I had um, Benaya, it was, I don't want to talk about the, ex the experience at the hospital. It was just some way. I couldn't see my child for some time, and I was getting depressed. You know, when you deliver, you are, the baby is given to you, you embrace your child, then that... Um, how do I put it? You know, all the stress you went through just disappears when the baby lies on you. They didn't do that to me. They just took the baby away to some way. So for about almost 24 hours, I hadn't seen my child. I was like, hey, what is this? I became depressed. Everybody annoyed me. Like, I just got angry until they brought a child. And no crying on. I was still angry. One thing that calmed me down was... When I saw Benaya, I don't know whether he could see me, but he smiled, and I saw that he had a dimple. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it is exciting and confusing. You don't know what to do. I've never been a mother before. I have taken care of some other children, but not my own child. Uh -huh. So it comes with a lot of things. You have to learn on the job. You learn on the job. And I would advise... Amen. Help your wife. Carry the baby song. Don't give it to only the wife. It is the responsibility of the two of you. Help. If you don't, if you don't sleep as a woman, I mean after delivery, you would have a lot of headaches. I don't know if you've heard of postpartum depression. 
it can result in that if you don't sleep well. So please, the men, you help the wi your wives take care of the baby while they take a rest. Yeah. All right, so I think that will be all for the childbearing. Yeah. Right, so um, now the children have come. How do we raise them? So that's also another journey. And marriage is lived in phases. Marriage is lived or is experienced in phases. And you have to prepare for each stage. So if you are planning to get married, you have to project and see all of these before you make your decision. The children are born. No two children are the same, even if they are twins. So you have to learn each one separately. And how we attend to Benaya is different from how we attend to um, Johannes. You can see that they are different, two different people. So we are still learning. I mean, sometimes the challenge is because we are different people, um, yeah, we have agreed that we'll raise our children in the ways of the Lord and all that, but we don't agree practically because I'm a man. And as a man, there's a way I would like to communicate to the children. Yeah. Straightforward. Stop this. Don't do that. Not pampering a lot. No, no, no. My wife would also want to empathize and the two work together. So the best place to raise a child is in a family. It's in a family. If something happens and um, one parent raises a child, God supplies grace. But God's original plan is that a male and a female raise children. I'm saying this because um, a lot of things are going on. And I teach. Sometimes when I sit with my students and we talk. Even this week, a girl was telling me that she doesn't want to, she, she wants to raise a child, but maybe as a single mother. Because as we sit, she already knows where she's going to be. She already has a job. Everything is settled. So if it's money, she has all those things already. You know, so I had to try to persuade her that the best place to raise a child is in a family. That's God's plan. And like I said, if something happens, God will supply grace. So we receive grace. But the original intent, so that as a church, we don't follow modern culture. That I can be a single mother, um, career woman, career father, this and that. <laughs> yeah. So in raising children, we have to learn our children mutually exclusive of each other, not thinking that they are the same. What will work for this will work for that. And we are still, we are still learning. Yeah. I just want to touch on something my wife spoke about early on, um, moving about naked in the house and all that. You know, you'll be amazed that people want to marry, but they don't want to be one. They want to marry, but they don't want to be vulnerable. They want to marry, but they don't want to really get to know each other. So people are marrying today, and they are sleeping in different rooms. And I, my student told me this. She said she, when she married, she was sleeping in a different room. Why? Because she has seen other people doing it, and they are fine. But you are married. If you are not sleeping in the same room, 
Of course, you're not sleeping on the same bed. So how do you bond? Because intimacy is not only sex. Just being together, just being around, that's also intimacy. So in raising their children, yes, we learn, we still learn, yeah. And we learn to deal with them separately. All right, so I want to talk about um, something I couldn't talk about. Um, being intimate with your spouse as a woman when you deliver. After delivery, all your attention will be on the baby. It is not calculated. It just happens. Okay? The baby is fragile. You know? So you want all your attention to be there. If you don't take care, you would even forget that you have a husband. Yes. And it is not just, I mean, being the, a father, no. There's more to it than that. You would have to satisfy him. That is, that is what the problem is when it comes to sex. Let me say it like that. When it comes to sex. Because you think, like all your attention is on the baby, so you have forgotten about him. If you don't take care, your husband would find comfort outside of home. So, try as much as possible to make time. Be intentional about it. Right after marriage, everything you do is intentional. Don't leave anything to chance. Be intentional about giving your husband good sex. Yes, if it has to be a timetable for you to follow, draw it. Agree. Make sure he doesn't lack in that sense. Thank you. Yeah, so my wife spoke for the women, but um, I think men also have to be intentional after childbirth. Like she said earlier on, we have to be there for our wives. Okay, we have to be there for our wives because though psychologically we also get pregnant, um, we are not the ones who push the babies out. And that's, that's a very big deal. So we have to be there. There are times that the baby will cry, my wife is asleep, I'll wake up, you know. So, man, let's, let's, let's be there, let's support them. Otherwise, when the children grow up, they will know their mothers and they will know their fathers. So we have to change that narrative. Let's change that narrative and be there. I remember Pastor Elton preaching one day here, this church, one of the messages, I think the roles of members of the family, and he said that the greatest gift you can give to your child is to be present, not going around running for money. It's good, because you learn that to marry, you need some cash, good cash, but it's to be present. It's, it's to be, because that can't say something. Nipa yede, now she yenrininam. Just having someone around, it's, it's a powerful thing. So, brothers, let's be there for our wives, especially after childbirth. It changes a lot. So we want to work on some questions, if there are, and we'll conclude.
Thank you very much. Um, Please, those who want to write their questions so they are read for them, you can write so we make it a bit busy. Then... Um, I'm asking this question on behalf of... Sorry, sorry, yeah, right. It's a, it's a simple question. So I wanted to know, <clears throat> okay, the, let me ask the first one first. So how did you know that she was the one that you wanted to marry, that, that you would marry? Uh-huh, that question first. Because I know there are some guys, like, they don't know, you know. <laughs> okay, okay so the other question. How did I know? Right. Some would say I just knew. Um, for me, I think it was the level to which we agreed on many things. Yes, I had some dreams. But I had learned that when you are in love, you don't depend on your dreams. Because you can dream the dream yourself. Uh -huh. I saw you. We were walk walking together. Hold an umbrella, we sat at the mango tree. It's your own mind. So it's a level to which we agreed on many things. So many things. Not that we're perfect from the beginning, no, but we agreed on many things. Because um, I have an idea of where God is taking me. She also. And that's very important. Before you start contemplating marriage, you must have a very good picture of where you are going in life. If you don't know, you don't engage someone so they become a casualty. But if you don't know where you are going, you can't take someone there. Hello. So I had quite a good picture. I'm not saying that it's all clear because God still leads us. But I had a good I'm saying this because um, other factors too will come up, but we, we agreed on many things. Because there were other ladies where, who had her personality type. Yes, I wanted someone, like she described, who can make a decision on the spur of the moment. Because I would take my time. Once I take time and I do it too, I mean, it's 90% perfect. So I needed someone um, who was more on the go and all that, and I found that in her. Maybe one of the things that drew us close, maybe, but I didn't really pay attention to that, was before we got married, or before we even started um, courting, before I expressed interest in her, we went for a program, and it was late. So we had to sleep in a church. <laughs> we had to sleep in a church. So, um, there's this brother of mine, he was with us. So, the three of us were just chatting in one of the small churches, like a conference room, chatting, chatting, and 
that was it. We just lie down, woke up the next morning, and we're off back to campus. So later, my brother said that he had never seen that before because the kind of ladies he deals with, you know, they would say, get me a guest room or something, let me sleep. But the fact that she, she was ready to, she, because you are there, I'm there, you know. And this was when we were still friends. I had not even expressed interest in her. So I realized that being a missionary, someone who is into ministry, if I'm sleeping in a car, my wife will sleep there. Uh-huh. Like, she's ready to do life with me. Yeah. So you have where you are going, your list, where God is taking you. To what extent does the person fit? It will not be 100%. But you look for something above 70. And the other thing is, yeah, I think this comes to mind. I asked her a question. I said, would you marry a pastor? And she said, yes. For me, that's a big thing. Maybe you don't, well, I've talked to some farm church members. They say, I don't want to marry a pastor. I don't want to marry a pastor. You are, you are happy to have a resident pastor, but you don't want to marry a pastor. You know? Because there were other ladies in my life, and I would just throw a question here and there. One of them I asked, oh, will you marry a pastor in the future? She said, I just need a serious Christian, someone who loves God, but pastor, I, I don't, I realize that with the emphasis. Yeah, emphasis, because this, this is who I am. And she said, oh, I, I would marry a pastor. And that wasn't one of the things I considered, though, but... Yeah, that was one. <laughs> All right, Asofa, thank you. Um, so, Afi has papers. If you have questions, just raise your hand. She'll bring it to you, right? I'll read out for you, right? Um, Asofa, so I have two questions. I'll read all and then you answer. The first one is, since, since you mentioned um, taking time before giving birth, what is your take on using contraceptives? That's the first question. Number two says whether or not um, you married as virgins, and if so, were there any counseling? Was there any counseling done um, to sort of teach you how to navigate sex for the first time? How did you navigate sex um, for the first time? Right. I mean, these two questions are very technical. They are counseling questions. And when you come for counseling, we actually throw more light on that. So um, the use of contraceptive, these are all things we deal with when you come for counseling. Yes. What I can say for the general public is that marriage is between the two of you. So you must agree on what to do, the two of you, because your union is sacred. So that's what I would say generally. But we talk about the use of contraceptives. We address that issue. We address it because um, we are saying that you should take time to know each other. And of course, childbearing, when it comes, changes, it changes everything. You would understand that there are different birth control methods, okay? Because I know this may lead to a follow-up question. Maybe you want to have sex at a certain time. So how do you prevents pregnancy and all that. It will take us to so many other things, windows opening. So we can tackle it, I mean, later on. Marrying as virgins, yes. Marry as virgins. 
marry as virgins because um, that's one of the best gifts you can give to your spouse, your virginity. However, in the event that you're not a virgin, or the discourse that goes on a lot of times is be a virgin, be a virgin, be a virgin. And people think that being a virgin is only about not having um, sex. Okay? But you can touch. You can kiss. Uh, you can want porn. You can watch porn. You can, you can screech and smooch and grind. <laughs> and all the things. Charlie, make I grind small. Uh-huh. Let's make out, like they say nowadays. Let's make out. After all, we are not having vaginal sex, but let's make out. People of God, I think God, 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 God puts so much focus on purity. Purity of our thoughts. Purity of our lips and the words we speak. Our bodies are God's temples, you know. So by all means, pursue virginity. Pursue virginity. Because that's the, it's the first time, if that's your first time with your spouse, I mean, you can imagine how um, beautiful it will be. Both of you, you don't know what's happening. You know, you have to explore. That's God's plan because that's all part of building up the intimacy. So you, you grow to discover each other and know what works for you. Well, is there counseling on how to navigate um, your first sexual experience? Oh, yes, there is. When you see us, when you apply for marriage, we'll take you through. Okay, you'll be fine. You'll be very fine. So, yes, there's counseling. Okay. That's, for that reason, you can wait. Let's pray for grace to abstain. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I have a few. Um, I mean, some of the things you are saying is great. But I think generally, um, as, as a unit, we, we do not have um, anything against using contraceptives. Right? But what, one thing we are against, Pastor Eric said something, that when you are a unit, it's between the two of you. However, we are against abortion. Um, you are not, yes, it's your marriage, it's the two of you, but you don't say, oh, we were not planning um, to have a child in the first year. And you discover that your, your wife is pregnant and you say, oh, since we are married, we can go and abort. No, that, that is not the, the mind of God. That is not the will of God. So we are entirely against it. If you are able to take measures to prevent it, that is what we stand for. But not in the event of the child coming and then you are going to abort. And Josiah is a product of my wife telling me I'm in my safe period. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> it is well. It's not everything you say. You don't say it too much. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> let, let me read the, the other question. <laughs> can, I, can I read the question? <laughs> Um, so this one is saying that I hear married men say after putting a ring on a lady's finger that is where you see how pretty other ladies are. Is this statement true? And how do you handle all the other beautiful ladies? 
I think this one, will you react before I read the next one? Yeah. So, um, they are saying when you put a ring on a lady's, a lady's finger, finger, that's when, you see other beautiful ladies. Right, so um, I think it's good to embrace the wisdom that your wife is not the only woman on earth. One, your wife, let me, let me say it this way. <laughs> I, I, I want to say it this way. My wife is mine. She's my wife. That is it. My wife is my wife. And that settles it. I like the song. It's like today, the songs were prepared for us. Yeah. I like the song uh, Norman did. Powerful. If beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. Because my wife here has changed. But I still love her. And I was it yesterday? I was thinking about what um, people say that love grows weak or love wanes. It, it's not working for us that way. Yeah, we are still discovering. We are still getting. We, we are even closer now than before. We are even closer now than before. You know, so I think it's just being intentional. If you don't have self-control before you marry, after marriage you will not have it, unless Jesus helps you. So marriage is not a caveat for not sinning. That's why there's adultery. Before marriage is fornication. In marriage is adultery. So we look towards one goal, looking unto Jesus. And both of us, we seek to become what we see, what we are looking at. Okay. Are there many beautiful girls? Yes, there are. Are there many beautiful women? Yes, there are. How do I handle all that? My wife is my wife. It's before me. I've read these memes and I mean, seeing the movies and all, it seems to be true. The men who have side chicks, they go back to their wives. There's something about this marriage covenant. It's sacred. The Bible says that this is one of the strange things on earth. The way a man loves a woman. And when it becomes a covenant, your wife is your wife, no matter what. So for me, my wife is before me. She's the beauty I behold. She has changed. She's been pregnant. I've been there with her. I was in the labor ward. Saw Benaya come out. Brothers, let's be there. Yeah. You know, it changes your perspective. You realize that our wives go through a lot. So, yeah, I see. And, and sometimes when we are together, and I see something in skirt, oh, I tell her, oh, have you seen this hair? You know, yeah, this, the way she scars her hair, it's nice. So we talk about it together. Ready? <laughs> right. So I don't know if I've dealt yeah. with the two questions. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think you've done justice to it. Um, he says, how do you handle the communication gap? Because I've realized that it's a bit difficult when it comes to communicating with men. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that the question makes sense. So, 
Um, I think whilst you were speaking, it was like, Pastor Eric is the quiet type and everything. But after you got married, you wanted him to speak more. But it also appears that men generally do not communicate. So how do you handle that? Um, first of all, you must know your temperament as a person. And you must know that of your spouse or spouse-to-be. Know his strengths and weaknesses. If he's not the talking type, the Lord help you. <laughs> but you would have to, I mean, find ways and means of getting him to talk. It may be... Um, through a movie, maybe you are watching a movie, you bring something up, he will talk about it. Find ways and means to get him to speak. And as the man too, you should also um, be ready. If you want to be in a relationship, you should be ready to, I mean, make some sacrifices. If you, are, if you don't like talking, you can't say, I don't like talking, so I won't talk. You should also make up your mind. Even if, for, um, if not for anything, Okay, hmm, yes. Just make some sounds. Let the person know that you are there. Yes, don't just be quiet. And, yeah. So, the woman should find a way of communicating. You, know, you should know the man. Okay? You know how he responds to information. So, find a way of talking to him. And you, the man too, you should make up your mind to make that sacrifice. To talk to your wife. So communication is an issue that both partners should work on. Um, we also want to note that not communicating at all is also bad communication. Uh -huh. And um, don't assume your partner knows what you are thinking. You shouldn't assume. If you marry your friend, you should be open about some things you, you are not comfortable with to tell him that I want to know what is on your mind. I want to know what is on your mind. Because either ways, just because we are two different people, okay, there'll be some friction. But then you learn and you know how to engage your spouse. So not communicating at all is bad communication. Assuming that your partner knows. Your partner cannot read your mind. So you are married to your friend. Open up and share what is on your heart. All right. Thank you. So, quick ones. I think this will be the last question. If you have any other question, you can always um, approach them after service. It says, does your love languages help your, your married life or your marriage life in a positive perspective? It says, how do you resolve arguments properly? So, it's like a two-in-one question. So, yeah. It's good to know your love languages because it forms part of the person's personality. So don't just read general things like girls like diamonds, girls like chocolates. Your wife may not like chocolates. Not every lady likes chocolates. So read and then um, there's a test you can take. When you come for counseling, we'll do all of these things. You will take a test and then you know your, la your love languages. I mean, you can even do it online so that you have an idea of what your love language is if you don't really know. But if your friends tell you that, ah, you are very touchy, you are very touchy, maybe 
your love language is physical touch. So if you have a partner who touches you a lot, you know, you feel that, oh, he loves you. If yours is acts of service, you know, you are a lady, you are in the kitchen, and you want your husband to help you, just, you are, he's around, and you are telling him, put this spoon there, put that there. You feel that he loves you, okay? If you are a man, maybe you are washing your car, and if your wife is not around, you are like, why am I washing the car and she's not here? She doesn't love me. So your love language may be acts of service. It may be words, um, words of affirmation. Maybe you want to hear encouraging words. I mean, we should all encourage our spouses, but you want to hear a lot. And that is what tickles you. Whatever it is, you should know what your love language is. Yes, to an extent, it, it helps positively in marriage. And how do you resolve conflicts? Um, if you are determined to make your marriage work, you'll find ways of making, you'll find ways of resolving your conflict. But conflict resolution is something we treat. Um, once again, in counseling, you know. Let me just say this. The two of you will find ways of making it work. Sometimes you need to study your spouse and give them space. At other times, you don't give them space. You approach them. Because if you leave it, they will never come back to you. Um, sometimes, after tension, maybe you sit to watch a movie together. The stronger person will say, I'm sorry. And the other person will follow and say, I'm sorry too. And that is it. So, the two of you will make it work. Just decide that your marriage will last. Whatever happens, the two of you are into it together. And I tell you, whatever it is, some of the things you fight about in the early stages, as you grow older, you look back and you laugh at them. You realize that you are still growing. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Thank you for the questions. I have two things, two or three things to say before we wrap up. Okay, so I want to encourage everyone here, especially the married ones, that never stop pursuing your spouse. Okay? Keep dating. Keep flirting. Remind each other of why you fell in love in the first place. Alright? Another thing too is be intentional about building the connection between the two of you. Okay? Don't leave it to chance. Be intentional. Say good morning. How are you? Check on him. Call him. Text him. Be intentional about the connection. Because if you don't take care, there would be a gap. You wouldn't know how it started before you realize. You can't even chat when you are in the room alone with your spouse. Like it's, There's a certain kind of repulsion. You have to try as much as possible to bridge that gap. Uh, develop the communication between the two of you. All right, and also, you should have as much sex as possible. Then, forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Let go, move on. If you hold on to hurts, you'll become angrier. And, I mean, it becomes a cancer in you. Your blood pressure will rise. You might even end up having stroke. And you will die. 
So please, let go. Let go of the heads. Okay, have a big hat. Let's go. Two different personalities under the same roof in the same space. You will certainly step on each other's toes. Let go, forgive, and move on. Thank you. Yeah. So, before Pastor George takes over, um, talking about the communication, we had a rule. We break the rule sometimes. It's not with machine perfection, but the no phone rule when we are together. You know, not keeping your eyes on your phone when your spouse is there. I mean, it's annoying. So, it's something that uh, married couples especially we can do so that we continue to have real relationships, not virtual relationships. And um, yeah, we pray. Pray every evening, like I said, not with machine perfection, but pray every evening and have um, Bible studies also. Because eventually, like I said, there will be faces and your children will see what you are doing and they will pick it up. So what they see you doing, if you are with your husband and you're always on your phone, that's what your children will also learn. And that's what they will pick up. So sometimes I download a movie and we watch together. But other times too, we actually watch sermons. You know, the sermon is playing, we are there. The children can be jumping about, but these are some of the things we do. Because we are looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So together we grow into that image and... We don't grow separate ways. Amen. Right. Thank you so much. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.